We are liars and fakes, just like they say that actors are. Generic superstitions are don't say Macbeth backstage. It is going to completely fuck things up. You could get your bum out and rub it on my face during a show and I wouldn't know a thing about it. That doesn't get people buying tickets. I don't know what will. Alright, love. What'll it be? Hello, welcome back to Two Actors Walking to a Bar, the podcast that's all about actors walking into things and hurting themselves. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the only thing we talk about. <laughs> uh, with with your host, it's your main... Ma- oh God, I don't know what I'm doing. Main man McCulloch. Actually, we're, we're sort of like mis-selling ourselves. What 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 walking do we do? Well, yeah, we, don't, we walk upstairs. <laughs> We walk upstairs and sit at the imaginary bar that is the microphone stand. We are liars and fakes, just like they say that actors are. Uh, What are you drinking tonight? I am on the cool, refreshing beverage that is... Aqua. Yes, Aqua H2O. Or you've just got vodka in a exercise bottle shut up david you know that (laughs) things are hard (laughs) brilliant right you've made it awkward already i am on bira moretti zero i'm on the alcohol free beer oh and i have been for about a week now you've gone sober uh yeah i'm currently i'm having a wee bit of a detox and i'm currently as we're recording this i'm in the midst of rehearsals for uh, the play that I wrote, Aop Hitler, which I'm also producing, and I'm now also having to be in because we had an actor drop out. We've had two actors drop out. Uh, so um, I've said to myself, <laughs> I'm not going to have alcohol until it's done. Although I might, that rule might run out the window after the first performance and I'll be like, ah, fuck it. What, what a professional excuse, eh? Mine is that I'm driving later on and I have a weekend of fun-filled alcohol-fueled festivaling so that's why <laughs> yes yeah, so this is exciting news i mean this is very dated because this is coming out weeks after but our friends rotaries who do the music for us they are or by the time listening to this will have performed at victorious festival in portsmouth i don't know why i said that in such a weird way on one breath victorious in portsmouth <laughs> But yes, that's very exciting. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, I'm looking forward to it for obvious reasons. The good thing is, is that we snapped up Rotaries to do music for our podcast before they got famous. Because if we'd have asked for it after, we'd be paying mm-hmm. a shed load. But now, oh God, I hope yeah. Rotaries, if you're listening, thank you for the free use of your music. It's too late now to get money from us. <laughs> we have none. Before yeah. we get cracking. Oh my God, can we stop talking I about know, each why other? We talk with, no, We've been out of the game for... No, <laughs> We've been out of the game for so long. Yeah, sorry. Go on, David. Talk about something that people actually is... want to hear about, rather than me just. I talked over you again. Own. I'm so sorry. <laughs> We're on the clock because you've got to go and get Liam from band practice at some point, and I've probably got mm. stuff to do. I imagine for the for Aop Hitler and whatnot. Which is the play I've written, in case anyone's like, what the fuck? I wrote a play, Aop Hitler. It's Hitler in Yorkshire. Go watch it. Oh, it'll be over by the time this comes out. I think by the time this episode comes out, there'll be five shows left at the Bridge House Theatre in London. Specifically in the Penge area. 
There'll be a trailer in this episode, I'm sure, because I'm going to put it in. Speaking of, again, this is the thing when we're pre-recording episodes and it's like, what's happening now? Oh, I don't know. It'll be out of date in however many weeks this comes out. But something that is very exciting, and if I say it now, that means it absolutely has to happen. Um, By the time this episode has come out, I will have handed in my notice at my nine to five office job. Oh my God. And also I'm a rarity. I don't know any other professional actor that works a full nine to five, 37 to 40 hour job. No, and if they do that, then it's like for a couple of months, a year. I was quite nervous about telling my parents about it because even though they have been very supportive of my acting, like when I wanted to study drama at college, I wanted to do the full-time course. And my parents were like, oh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Mm. Same at uni, have like a, maybe a bit of a backup just in case. And, you know, drive me to go for, you know, good, well-paid, stable, you know, safe jobs. And yeah. then when I mentioned to my mum about it, she was really supportive. And then she was like, we won't tell your dad, though. And then I went round for my sister's birthday and she was like, <laughs> yeah, I did tell your dad, but he agrees. And I was like... Fucking hell, really? Oh, shit. Okay. A, a lot of people, they value their parents' opinions and they make life choices according to what their parents did and according to what their parents didn't get to do. We, our generation, I'm going to associate us together, even though you're in a different decade now. Oh, fuck you. We have... <laughs> well, we are different generations because I'm have... a millennial and are you technically a Gen Zer? Zedda? I think so, yeah. You know, eating yep. your avocados. Oh, I fucking hate avocados. Who eats avocados? Is it millenniums or Gen Z? I think it's millennials. Do you know, according to the font of knowledge that is Jeremy Clarkson... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going somewhere. One avocado has more impact on the climate, obviously negatively, um, than driving a Volkswagen Polo around for a whole year shipping one fucking avocado to the uk i mean what that sounds like bollocks but okay well it does but then they're... Yeah, but you're not putting one avocado on a boat and then having it driven around in a fucking ferrari are you well no 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 but like in whatever whatever equation they do to work that out something that is grown in south america and is farmed on such a grand scale that it is because they're so the fad aren't they and have been for a good couple of years yeah. now they have more negative impact on our climate than than driving a vw polo so people go and buy a vw polo and stop eating these goddamn green things <laughs> Bowman, my nephew, has probably had more impact negatively on the climate <laughs> in his two years <laughs> than I have driving a car in the last three. <laughs> because that boy loves avocado. If the world goes to shit, it's Scarlett's two-year-old nephew's fault for liking avocados. Yeah. What a he bastard. Eggy <laughs> what? Eggy moly. Eggy moly. Yeah, um, so that's their name for, like, rather than guacamole, you put oh, scrambled egg with avocado and they call it eggy mole and he loves the stuff. Yeah, that sounds really nice. It sounds fucking disgusting if you ask me. But there Put we go. a bit of bacon in that and oh, a bit of chilli sauce as well. <laughs> chilli sauce. The thing about Bowman, he may not be able to drive, but he does avocado. 
see what you did there. Very good, very good. The funny thing is, there's clearly a bit of a delay on Zoom, so there was just an awkward pause. <laughs> I was like, that went down badly. The, the cogs are turning, Scarlet. It's not, it's not, the penny's not quite dropped yet. <laughs> Another realm for your love. Hey up, Goebbels! Hey up, Hitler! Hey up, Goering! Hey up, Hitler! Hey up, Himmler! Hey up, Hitler! Hey up, everyone! Hey up, Hitler! Oh, come on, I know you can do better than that. Let's give that another try, shall we? Hey up, everyone! Hey up, Hitler! Performing at the Bridge House Theatre in London from the 21st till the 25th of September, Gamma Ray Theatre presents a hilarious new satirical comedy written by David McCulloch and directed by Chris Hawley. Aop Hitler tells the true story of what happened at the end of World War II, where Hitler and his cronies managed to escape Germany and go into hiding in the last place anyone would think to look, Yorkshire. To book your tickets, go to www.thebridgehousetheatre.co.uk This might get cut, but I've got to tell you. We'll see. So Liam wanted some new sunglasses. Um, and he was looking for one with pink lenses. And I was like, why? And he was like, why not? He was like, you're a boy, you can't wear no, pink. No, it had nothing to do with pink. It had something to do with this. So I said to him, why would you want pink lenses? And he was like, well, I just sort of look a bit different to normal sunglasses. And I was like, yeah, if you want to walk around dressed like Jimmy Savile. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it sort of just came out of my mouth. And it was one of those moments where you're like, you know, and something you say sort of hangs in the air. And I mean, Christ, I'm closer with Liam than probably most people on the planet. But even he was like, mm. fucking hell, Scarlet, that's enough. <laughs> uh, oops. Wow. Did I just offend you, Mr. Reams? <laughs> For any of our international, I wonder if our international listeners, because we do have a few, like two in France and one in Brazil, I don't fucking know. Um, but I wonder if they know who Jimmy Savile is or was. He's now dead. Mm, because God. like, if you were to look at a picture of Jimmy Savile, your first thought would be, well, he's clearly a nonce. Yeah. And yet no one suspected anything. I reckon people suspected a lot and people knew a lot, but he just had plenty of freaking money uh, and it would have looked bad on them if they came out with it yeah. and all that sort of shit. But that's fucked well, up. A lot of people knew. Yeah. But the that BBC so covered, it up, covered it up. Oh, shit. Mm. Got him. Allegedly. Don't sue me. <laughs> it makes me laugh and watch the, um, the news. I'm not going to say which news, but you know which news. Oh, it's fucking hilarious what's on the news right now. <laughs> They just, they like, it make the, the supermarket stuff and, like, shortage of things and uh, deliveries and all oh, sorts. Yeah. Like, they just will not say Brexit. They will not say it. It's like, it's like it's almost even in the auto queue and they're about to say it and then it gets blanked out and they're like, Ooh, uh, 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 uh. we'll just change the subject and say it's something else to do with delivery drivers not turning up to work. Fuck off. Or what Fuck is off. it? They called it the ping... They called it the ping-demic because oh, yeah. of people getting pinged by the NHS app. Bollocks. Every, oh. Right, it, this will probably still be relevant by the time this episode comes out. The reason why supermarket shelves are empty, or a lot emptier than normal, is because of Brexit. Mm-hmm. We all know it. We all fucking know it. Let's yeah. not pretend it's any other reason. We all know it's because of Brexit. That's why your coffee's spaced out weird on the shelves, trying to make it look full. It's because <laughs> they haven't got enough, because Brexit's kind of fucked it all up. Who'd have seen that coming? I mean, anyway, 
politics. We're covering everything on this show. Not even drunk. This is us sober. <laughs> what are they called? The 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 nut the nutties. The nutties. Conspiracy theorists. Now we're sounding like one of those. But it's not like... a conspiracy. Th- but it's not a conspiracy theorist. We know it's because of Brexit. Well, no, no, no. It's not. But conspiracy theorists would say that there is no COVID and there is no pandemic, and they made it up to cover up the fact that Brexit is bad for us. <laughs> you know that sounds like a superstition. <laughs> <laughs> we have a theme. We've Christ, really gone yes, off track. We really need to uh, claw it back. You're in a show. You're in a show. Well, you're yes. rehearsing for a show at the moment. When yes. you get to the shows rather than the rehearsals, is there anything you do yourself to prepare, would you say? Other than decomposing so- at the side of a stage. <laughs> Go back a few episodes um, if you wonder what that reference is about. I'm trying to think. Usually it's just me pacing up and down the corridor going fuck, 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 Oh, you do that singing thing. But I wouldn't say that was a sort of superstition of yours, would you? No. I mean, you've got the... I think the generic superstitions are don't say Macbeth backstage and don't whistle. Because I didn't know about the whistling thing. I did a show a few years ago and I was only in one scene and that scene was set backstage and i just came on stage and was just you know listening to my character listening to some music so i was just kind of whistling and i got you know they <laughs> shout at me like don't you can't whistle and i was like why not because this scene is set backstage the reasoning why whistling in the theater is bad luck is because in the old days sailors used to be the ones that would manage the curtains and stage props and they would whistle to each other that would be like how they communicate they couldn't talk they could just whistle (laughs) and apparently like you could whistle and you might end up with i don't know something falling on your head because you've whistled and it's like oh that's the whistle to drop something boom oh (laughs) right yeah because i was thinking to myself well then why does that make it a superstition just because they used to whistle at each other like people whistle at their dogs doesn't mean you wouldn't do it (laughs) in a park that's the idea that if you whistle if you whistle backstage you could risk something something could fall on you because Mm. I don't know the ghosts of sailors will drop something I don't think uh, other than those two in particular people must have private ones so there must be people that sort of either say things to themselves or drink something or wear a certain pair of pants I had a superstition when we did Blythe Spirit because my character I played Dr Bradman he wore a watch and I wore I oh, think yeah. you gave it was it was you, wasn't it? You gave mm-hmm. me a watch that was broken because I didn't actually have a watch to hand. Um, pun not intended. Or to wrist. I don't know. <laughs> or to wrist. And um, because at two instances in the play, I look at my watch, see what time it is, and go, "Oh, I've got to go. It's late, or I've got to go. I've got an appointment." It makes no difference to the performance or the show whatsoever. But I have to set the watch to a time that is suitable or it relates to when I'm going so the first scene I'm like oh I've got to go it's getting late so I always set the watch make sure the watch is set to half past 11 and I look at it and assume half 11 at night and then for the later in the play when I'm looking at my watch and going oh sorry I've got an appointment I set it to about quarter past two quarter past three because then I'd be like oh it's the afternoon I've got to go off at that time Mm. and if I don't and I always set it between scenes makes no difference whatsoever but there was one show where i didn't do it and it threw me completely 
And I was literally looked at my watch on stage and went, oh, it's set to court past three, but I'm in the nighttime scene. So I was just on stage like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just like trying to reset it really subtly. You must actually be quite a, quite a relaxed person in terms of like, obviously when you're performing. And I, I get like... No. <laughs> Well, you are, because I couldn't, I don't think, I don't think, like, to observe something as detailed as that, I don't even fucking see out of my eyes, I don't think, when I'm performing. I just, it's, like, just happening. (laughs) It's just happening. Is that why you fell over in that one show? (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) What was your excuse? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, uh, yeah, I feel like my, my soul leaves my body and it just moves and does the things it's supposed to do and says the things it's supposed to do but i'm not really there i'm it's like glazed over like there's nobody inside knock knock is she home no no is the answer you could get your bum out and rub it on my face during a show and i wouldn't know a thing about it uh later this later this year scarlett and i will be um (laughs) part of the cast for abigail's party with black box theater company uh we'll put ticket information out later in the year and uh come see it and rub your ass in scarlett's face (laughs) see if she notices (laughs) that doesn't get people buying tickets i don't know what will (sighs) to get back on track one of the main what do you call it superstitions is the Macbeth one Mm. and we actually learn where that comes from because I just thought, oh, it's just a bad omen or something to say Macbeth. And I remember <laughs> one of the actors um, in Blythe Spirit, Francesca, I managed to trick her into saying Macbeth a couple of times after she said it once. And she actually went out of our backstage gazebo, what was it, spun round in a circle, swore and spat. I think that's what you've got to do. Our friend Peter McCrowan actually shared with us where the origin for the Macbeth superstition comes from. And apparently... It's because Macbeth is such a popular play, it's Mm. guaranteed to, you know, bring in audiences and stuff. If for any reason Macbeth isn't part of your current season, if you then say Macbeth backstage, you are dooming your entire season of shows because Macbeth isn't in there, which is the surefire hit. Ooh. I think that's what he said. I might have I might have buggered up that explanation a little bit, but it's basically like because Macbeth is so popular, if you're not doing it and you mention it, you've cursed your entire season because, you know, you've mentioned the Scottish play. Actually I think I sort of semi remember him explaining that. Um but again, obviously I was like a donut, glazed over. <laughs> I have thought of a uh and, and you can't do this with outdoor theatre, I just thought. Um I remember seeing it a lot when everything started locking down. The superstition about leaving the ghost light on before leaving the theatre. Was it just? Is it just a light to stop ghosts coming in? Or well, yeah, I'm not really sure what the the sort of logic behind it is. But I can remember loads of theatres saying like, "We left the ghost light on before we left, and it's it's still on now, and we're five months in." And I'm sure we're all wondering when we're going to get back to the thing that we love the most, but it doesn't look like in any Ah. near future. Maybe we should look it up. What? Do research? Okay, so you told me to do some research. Hang on. So a popular... This is from Wikipedia, the source of all research. Ah, yes. Knowledge. The font of knowledge. (laughs) A popular superstition holds that every theatre has a ghost. And some theatres have traditions to appease ghosts. Uh, for example, Palace Theatre London, 
Lunyon. Lunyon. Fucking hell, I'm sober. Palace Theatre <laughs> London keeps two seats in the balcony permanently bolted open to provide seating for the ghosts, which is nice, but ghosts would just fall through them. So apparently the practical use of a ghost light is for safety and it enables one to navigate the theatre to find the lighting console. Um, but some claim the tradition began in the days of gaslit theatres and they were left burning to relieve pressure on the gas valves. Uh, and others are like, oh, it's because of ghosts. Appease the ghosts. Someone, so we put a call out on Twitter asking people to share with us their favourite or their own superstitions when it comes to acting and theatre. So this one was from Joanna uh, on Twitter who said, when I was at university, you'd have to leave a rose on a chair for Dr. Jarman and would say hello and goodbye to his ghost every time you went in and out of the theatre building. I mean, that's just creepy. Oh, wow. That is creepy. Hello, Dr. Jarman. Here's a rose for you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. Was the rose always still there or did he take it? Oh, Ooh, I don't know. I imagine someone mm. must... Either that or just a pile of roses just on a chair. It's like, what's that? It's for Dr. Jarman. Okay, just, just throw it on the top. Oh, of course. Silly me. <laughs> but I guess that's just one of those things you have to... That is, that's quite unusual. Yeah, I guess you have to do it, otherwise, bad luck, she'll be cursed or something. I don't know. Mm. I think as well, like, you, it's mad that there's cause there's a lot of sceptics now, isn't there? And people are, uh, we're a lot more secular than we've ever been, and like, as a mm. nation. That superstition has to have been passed down. That would have surely started years and years ago and there is someone somewhere like i mean not necessarily the teachers or lecturers that are still there like they they surely wouldn't be um but it's been passed on and stayed relevant in a odd sort of way i guess so yeah like you think sooner or later lecturers would be like bullshit there's no ghost we're not doing this stupid rose thing i mean i think it's quite sweet but you think there'd be some poo-pooer that had come along and gone it's a load of crap but then by now if they did that the theatre could collapse or something bad would happen you don't want to test fate mm. or oh, it could be a load of bollocks who knows <laughs> see both sides another drink for your love this podcast is sponsored by WeAudition.com. WeAudition.com is a revolutionary website with loads of fantastic and useful resources for all you wonderful actors out there On We Audition, you can find a rehearsal or self-tape partner instantly, audition and take general meetings on video chat, get career advice from a wide range of industry professionals, and you can even earn money for rehearsing with other actors. So for all the listeners of Two Actors Walk Into a Bar, we've got a cheeky little voucher for you. Everybody loves a voucher, don't they? It's 25% off a pro membership. Two Actors, 25 T-W-O-A-C-T-O-R-S 25. Shazam! I have thought of one. And I, I quite believe this, I think, is that if you have a bad dress rehearsal, that means good things for the rest of the show. I've heard that. I've heard you've got to have, like, one really bad rehearsal where just everything goes wrong and everyone mm. just keeps fucking up. Because if the entire rehearsal process is just seamless then that's bad luck and bad news. I do have another superstition just for me. If I'm not nervous before the first performance, then Mm. 
the entire run is fucked for me and it's just going to be a shit show or I'm just going to be terrible. If I'm ready on the first yeah. performance, like, oh, I'll be, this will be fine. I'm great. I'm looking forward to it and not wanting to bolt and run or throw up yeah, or something like that. Yeah, because you just won't have that high energy, yeah. will you? I think there was a show I did. I did a production of The Tempest many, many years ago. And as we were walking on stage for the first scene, I was suddenly like, huh, I'm not in any way nervous. Mm. Oh, no, that's a bad sign. And I suppose once you've said it's a bad sign, you, you probably... I mean, I didn't... It's the nail in the coffin. I it? didn't say it out loud because we were just about to walk on stage. It'd be really bad if I was like, oh, fuck, this show's oh, going to be shit. I'm no. not nervous. Oh, all on stage. <laughs> no, I know that. But like once you've you sort of... It's in your mind then, isn't it? It's yeah. like if you really do... If you do fuck up, like I fucked up, then it just... Sadly, as much as you put everything into the rest of it because you're so conscious of the fuck up, you you don't get over it and it just feels like the worst thing ever to have ever, ever, ever happened. So The thing is, unless your fuck-up is hugely noticeable in the sense that you just stand there and go, I don't know what to say, or you actually say, I've forgotten my <laughs> line, sorry everyone, chances are the audience won't notice. But I used to know someone at uni who was really bad for this kind of thing, who he'd do a show and at the end you'd be like, oh, well done, that was really good. And he'd be like, yeah, I fucking fucked up in this bit and that bit. I've got my line here. And it's like... Why would you do that? And he would say, did you notice? I was like, well, no, but I do now because you've detailed it in such an eloquent way. Now I know how much you fucked up, you dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> so this is another superstition from Twitter. This comes from Anya. Anya? Anya? Oh, fuck. I'm so sorry. I've just made a... Gonna say- Pig's ear of your name. I do apologise for pronouncing it badly. Anya. Anya. Anya? It's A-N-Y-A. Yeah. Is that Anya or Anya? <laughs> yeah, it's Anya. <laughs> Anya. Fucking hell. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Okay. So we had another superstition on Twitter from Anya. And she says, I don't wash my hair the day before the audition or performance. I'm worried it will wash away all the lines I've memorised. Such a silly superstition. Been trying to break this habit lately, though. What do you think of that? I've heard other actors have said that they won't shower at all before an audition or a show or something. Which I hope they're none I work with. I, I'm not sure I should be listening to these superstitions because I'm the sort of stupid bitch that's like, oh, well, need to get my luck somewhere. Better not do that because nobody else does that. But I would definitely... I've never heard that. So I would have... I would 100% have a shower beforehand. Just so my hair looked its very best. So that I looked like something from an Lnet advert. A good way to break the superstition, Anya. Get a job where you're playing someone who's bold and you have to shave your head. Because then you can't wash your hair before the performance. So that's a way to do it. Get a character that has to have their head shaved. But then maybe she'd think she'd shave away her luck so she wouldn't take the job. Well, no, because she's worried about washing away all the lines that she's memorised. Oh, it's the lines, but isn't if it? she's it's the lines, yeah. yeah. So if she's, you know, clean shaven up top, there you go. Problem solved. Oh, my mum has a superstition. It's not at all theatre related, but it's to do with that washing thing. Yeah. She won't wash on... I think it's... She won't do any washing of clothes in the washing machine, not like down in the stream or anything. Um, <laughs> she... <laughs> Down in the stream? (laughs) Where do you live? I know Portsmouth's rough, but Christ. (laughs) Well, I don't know why I started to... Fuck off. 
<laughs> I know I sort of started to explain that she would do clothes washing in the washing machine and then was like, why am I saying that much? So I thought I'd make a joke of like, not down in the stream. Ha ha. Anyway, it fell terribly. My mum won't uh, use the washing machine on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day because she has a superstition that you are washing away your luck for the rest of the year. This one isn't theatre related either. It's from Kira on Twitter saying that walking over three grids is bad luck. And if you do it, you say toast, mm. which I didn't know about that. So, yeah, I didn't know. Oh, I thought about you spat whole... on the floor and said toast, but yeah. And spit on the floor. This isn't a football match. Well, I don't personally, but there were people that used to walk home from school and be like, three drains, toast, and then maybe spin around in a circle. I got told it's bad luck because if you walk over three, um, apparently the middle one, if that collapses, you're fucked because you're too far away from the safety of the pavement. Or just go sideways. Fucking idiots. (laughs) That's so so mean. I'm just just being mean to the teenagers I used to hang out with when I was a teenager. Not, Not now. Christ. Oh my God. Really out of practice in this trying to be a professional podcaster. Or maybe we just weren't professional. I don't even know. I think that sounds more like it. Last orders at the bar. Last orders at the bar. Break a leg. That's got to be one, isn't it? So you can't say good luck. You have to say break a leg why though well obviously it's it's the leg because of the things that used to hold the curtains up and they've opened so many times that a leg breaks because you keep having to come back for more bows and more rounds of applause oh is that what it is yes it is look at me knowing my shit and i didn't even google it that's fresh out of my little moist brain but why is it bad luck to say good luck? Yeah, I don't know why. Even, I, don't, I do not... this. I do this. I don't say good luck. I always say break a leg. I just don't know why. It's just something that's happened and has been, I think, you know, drilled into me. I don't know if I say good luck, actually, sometimes. Good luck for the first show. Oh, well, I'm obviously damning people uh-huh. by wishing them good luck and I didn't even realise. I don't even know. Oh, but sh- if someone says good luck to me, I'm like, you're supposed to say break a leg. You've cursed us all, you bastard. Or something to that extent. Oh. I don't really say wow. that. I'm not a complete be- <laughs> lunatic. A person is never supposed to wish an actor good luck, but instead they are supposed to say break a leg. Though it may seem maudlin to do so, many theatre folk believe there are mischief-making spirits of the stage who use their magic to force the opposite of what you wish to happen. Another theory comes from the idea that the word leg does not refer to an actor's leg, but to the theatrical curtains that mask the backstage that are known as legs. Breaking a legs means you've crossed from the backstage into the playing area, the ultimate goal of an actor entering the spotlight. I was at the thing about if actors aren't performing, they're staying behind behind the leg line. And so if you break a leg, you're getting you're going to be performing and getting paid. Yeah, I guess. Oh, there you go. You've learnt something today, everyone. And we've learnt something today by Googling. (laughs) Mirrors on stage are bad luck. Yeah, I've heard that. But I have been in shows with mirrors. So, whoops. Yeah. I wonder if there's ever ones in film and TV. Because, like, I've definitely... I've done filming with mirror. Like, they're being a mirror in the bedroom and them even filming the person through the mirror as a reflection sort of thing. I thought the whole thing with mirrors is that it would just look odd. If there's a mirror on stage, 
then oh the audience are looking at each other or at the spell sorry and that would kind of break i thought that maybe that's just something i've made up but i thought that might break the illusion if the audience can then see themselves on stage and they shouldn't be on stage they should be off stage where they belong stay away from us audience <laughs> i also reckon a practical my practical mind my practical 21st century mind says that if you put a mirror on stage and you've got lights it's going to completely fuck things up it will either blind an audience member or an actor or worse it will set a light to something no that's sunlight isn't it <laughs> we'll have a giant but... magnifying glass pointing on the stage and the yeah. lights shining into it yeah. can you imagine the mardi audience members there there are you know the sort of people we're talking about the sort of audience members that will find an excuse to moan about anything and they would make a point of coming down to the director and being like I was dazzled by that mirror when you switched the lights. And, and I just think that's really unprofessional. Have you never heard of no mirrors on a stage? So people probably just try to avoid them because people would whinge. there's just this thing about them. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we must have had people whinging at Live Spirit because of the weather. Because it was outdoors. Oh, it's a bit windy. Oh, the sun was in my yep. eyes. Oh, it's a bit rainy. Oh, it's what raining on me. Expect? I'm soaked right now because it's pissing with rain. Well, yeah, because it's raining. <laughs> what did you expect? I mean, the last one, that's kind of... They still stayed, which is fine. It does make you laugh as well. You get people going, why is it that we can't use umbrellas? Because no one else will be able <laughs> to see the fucking show if you put an umbrella out over your head, you numpty. Get yourself a good rain mac. Get yourself a regatta or something fancier like a North Face. Put the hood up and you're good to go. Do you have any lucky items of clothing? Because we've had, I, I know oh. a few actors that, you know, you've got lucky T-shirt, lucky pants and socks and stuff like that. Hmm. Have you ever worn something, got a job and gone, oh, I'll wear it again. And then been like, oh my God, it's, it's worked. I actually, I thought that the other day when I got a job. <laughs> ah, congratulations. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, I had an interview and on that same day they gave me the job. Uh, and I was like, this will be my lucky interview shirt. <laughs> um, but And what was the job? Do tell the listeners. Um, I will be working as a box office sales assistant. At the King's Theatre. Hooray! The theatre, darling. <laughs> How marvellous. Yes, I know. Excellent, excellent. And they're very understanding of all the acting and everything. So, I mean... You'd hope so. <laughs> it's, yes, yeah, obviously. And I think that was the only route I could take for a, a job job. Because mm. where else was I going to find an employer that I hadn't built up any sort of length of trust with and stuff like that that would let me just start having time off yeah. <laughs> for acting and, and they like so far so good they've um, been really lovely about it and we even like we had a conversation about time off and stuff and, and like a big group conversation with the other people that were being employed and they said for example if you're an actor you can take a month off and that's the beauty of this sort of work and they pointed that's at me good. and I thought Wow, wow, I have fallen in shit, as in losing my job job, and come out smelling of roses. And these roses are the King's Theatre kind. <laughs> just make so sure, happy days. though, just 
Just make sure, mm. though, before the end of your shift, you leave the light on for the ghosts. You don't whistle backstage. Ooh, yes. And, um, I don't know, break someone's legs. Or do break them, I don't know. Metaphorically, of course. <laughs> uh, I think that might lose me my job. Don't wish the actors good luck. No, I won't. In fact, what will be fun... Don't say Macbeth. ...is... Peter McCrowan that we worked with, Blythe Spirit, he is doing mm-hmm. the panto at the King's Theatre. Um, so at Christmas time, I'll be like, yeah, hello, Peter. And he'll be like, oh, no. But I will say, break a leg, not good luck. He'll be like, <laughs> fuck, I can't get away from this girl. <laughs> like, oh, God, this is... <laughs> Maybe that'll be his superstition. If Scarlet's around, he's going to get his nipples flicked. He's going to get tortured. Ah! David! <laughs> I never flicked his nipples. So I thought, in terms of superstitions, why don't we end it on a nice note? So we had an email. uh, This comes in from Sally. um, Mm -hmm. And she said, My dad was an actor. However, he died when I was three, before I could know him. I fell in love with folk music when I was 25 and training as an actor. My favourite song is Parting Glass. I later was told that this was also his favourite song, and was even delivered as his eulogy by an actor friend at his funeral. I genuinely had no idea, but now I cannot do any performance without singing the whole song. If I'm interrupted, I have to start over and make sure I do it all, even if it's, even if it's humming and whispering as the space doesn't permit. No matter what, I have to say or sing every word. And I think that's quite cool. Oh. Also, just like, oh my, your mind must be blown. You're like, I'm crying. Oh. Sally, I'm crying. <laughs> your mind, your mind must have been blown when it's like, oh, I really like this song. Yeah, it was your dad's favourite song. What? That's, that's so cool. It's like fate. Oh. Yeah, that is, that's when I, I think like, I don't know, there's, there's more at work than, yeah. than just. I don't know, maybe you make your own fate and all that sort of stuff. But what are the chances? Even, mm. like, when you see somebody in, like, the weirdest place and it's the most random person, but, like, you've thought about them quite recently or something like that, and they say something, whether that's deja vu or what, but, like, I do think there's a time, like, right time, right place, and it was just mm. meant to be. There's something else. Yeah. Something else that caused that. And that that's one of the... That's really, that's really lovely. That is. Look at us ending on a sweet note. You're making me hungry for a dessert now. What? Ending on a sweet note. It's like oh. dinner, having a dessert. Oh God, God, David. TikTok, oh TikTok. <laughs> I don't know. I'm very tired. I'm in the middle of producing a show that I'm writing and I'm in. And oh, my God. I... <laughs> he is not making sense anymore, people. I'm not making Say sense. Say goodbye to Everything... David Parker. Everything's gone wrong. Like my hard drive, we we recorded an episode a while ago, and you know all of my like um, editing software and stuff, uh, and we recorded all of episodes onto a hard onto my external hard drive. Then decided to break, so that's gone off to Data Recovery Hospital. And I'm really hoping that the episode we recorded a while ago, which has a very special guest, can be recovered. Um, and I've had to wait to get a replacement hard drive so we can actually record stuff. And, oh, it's just been a to-do. It's just stress. Everything's moving on up. I'm going to quit my job or I'm quitting my job or I have quit my job, depending on whenever the fuck this episode comes out. You've got a great job in a theatre. We've got acting work coming up soon. It's all going great. Everything's coming up to actors. 
busy, busy, busy. That's the other thing. Recording a podcast when you're in lockdown, you don't have lives, is fucking piss easy. But now, we actually have shit to do. I know. Oh my god, we're leaving the house, people. With our masks over our nose, I hasten to add. Yes. But we are leaving the house and we have plans and we have diaries that don't need to just be thrown away because the moths have bitten them. We are living again, David. I know. I don't know how long for. I hope forever. But <laughs> I'm living. Oh. <laughs> that was like a fucking and, monologue. I know, right? <laughs> oh. And on that note, I guess that was an episode. What are you still doing here? Sling your hook. See you later, Davy boy. See you later, Scarlotta. We'd like to give a massive thanks to Rotaries for our soundtrack and to Megan Sickers for our artwork. And an even bigger thanks to all of you choosing to listen to us waffle on. Find us on all social media platforms and make sure to subscribe to us because we're actors. We need validation.